Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at www.rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, community, I am so excited to have here with me today my guest, Arian Smith, who's going to be talking with us about how he healed from years of abuse and reclaimed his joy, 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 joy. What a beautiful topic to be starting 2020 off with. And um, this is season seven of the Beyond Surviving podcast. And when Arian reached out a while ago to connect and uh, via Facebook, and we had a little chat, and I learned more about the work that he's been doing around joy. I just knew I had to have him on. You know, Arian, like so many of my guests, is a survivor of trauma, 15 years of child and adult abuse. And in the face of all of that, he has gone on to build a life that he loves. So you know I love that, because we are always here talking about and exploring what it means to reclaim our lives. And now he has taken all of those experience and these days what he's up to is helping others find that same healing through his company Uncover Your Joy. Uncoveryourjoy.com. Go check him out. 
He also designed the prosperity path. Yes, this is a sex, six, no, not sex, a six step <laughs> journey. <laughs> I bet sex is in there. Prosperity and sex, that sounds right. Um, to living a life you really adore after abuse. Arian is also a disability activist, artist, self-proclaimed nerd, and dog lover. He lives in upstate New York, but dreams of moving to the country of Greece with his fiance service dog and of course they're two guinea pigs oh my goodness arian welcome i am so glad to be here with you today yeah well thank you so much for having me and thanks for the very upbeat fun introduction <laughs> for sure for sure when i read that about the guinea pigs i immediately thought of the tv show fleabag have you caught that have you been no, checking that out oh it's so funny they have an entire cafe that is guinea pig uh, oh my themed. Oh my gosh. So that's super fun. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, here we are today um, and to have a, a conversation about joy. But before we get to that, tell our listeners a little bit more about your journey and how you arrived to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, the journey's long, um, but I'll try to condense it down. So I'm a survivor in, you know, the biggest recap would be I'm a survivor of primarily sexual abuse. Um, for about 15 years, I went through that. Um, and I'm pretty young. I'm in my 20s. So, mm -hmm. And I'm not, uh, you know, it's been the majority of my lifetime has been abuse. And yeah. um, it's very traumatic. There were, uh, there's a lot of violence, um, a lot of like betrayal, a lot of those typical trauma things that happen. Um, and I, you know, had a couple near death experiences and things like that. So really, you know, um, horrific trauma <laughs> that I lived through. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and, and it, it wasn't easy. And I know I'm smiling here because I'm super excited for our talk, but you know, it, it was a really difficult path and, right. um, and took a lot to, to survive. And throughout this, I um, you know, developed complex PTSD, which I'm sure most of the people in your community have. Um, I, I also have dissociative identity disorder, um, which is you know, a very uh, trauma adaptive condition. Um, so I had to learn how to navigate that and that diagnosis. And then I have a couple physical illnesses as a result of the trauma that I faced and the toll it took on my body as well. So um, trauma, you know, its effects are still 100% with me, um, but that's why I like doing the work that I do is showing that, you know, joy is possible even with the effects of trauma that linger. Mm -hmm. um, because like, and I know that we'll talk more about that when we dive into stuff, but um, but yeah, so so that's why I'm also a disability activist. Um, and like you mentioned in the intro, I have a service dog in training. Her name is Tally. She's a sweet little golden doodle. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of a dog pen, a little bit of like a game reference, <laughs> her name. So um, yeah, she's really sweet. She's a year old, um, still has another year of training. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I'm a big activist in the service mm. dog community. Um, Okay. And uh, and in the disability community, um, especially trying to inspire compassion and understanding and empathy between um, disabled folks, because there can be a lot of stress that we're under, um, you know, as a marginalized community. So, yeah. um, so that's a big part of what I do, in addition to the mental health work that I do that we're going to be talking about. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And, um, you know, one thing I'm also really excited about in connecting with you today is that you are, you know, a 20 something. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, highlighting stories of people of, the, of your generation um, who in so many ways have had uh, different experiences than my generation and certainly older when it comes to accessing resources. And yet there are so many things that are, are still very much the same about our journey. 
But I always get super stoked when I talk to my 20-somethings who are in this world of healing and doing that work and have already come so very far um, towards this idea of, you know, what I name is beyond surviving, like living your life, right? Yeah. Because you have so much life ahead of you, right? And that's so hopeful and so inspiring and, and brave, you know, that you've been able to take on the work that you have taken on in the, at this point in your life to not just be healing yourself, but money to be out there giving it to other people and sharing that with others. So talk to me a little bit about what happened in your life that really like when was that moment when you felt that shift and that you thought, you know what, this is the work that I've got to do. I've got to get this message out there. I've got to tell people more about this. Yeah. So there were a couple of things. I don't think it was one specific moment. I think it sure. kind of shows upon several things. And um I think a lot of the, the big transition from where I was still being abused, but then kind of got past that place of abuse, you know, and was able to get away from my abusers and then start to move towards this journey towards joy um, was a lot in my college years. So, um, so I went to an art school down in um, Baltimore, Maryland and um, great school, uh, great studies and everything. I love doing art, but, um, but a lot of trauma happened there. One of my best friends from high school um, came with me. I confided in her about child abuse and then she started to abuse me. So really, you know, unexpected, oh. horrific situation, um, totally shocked me. And that lasted for 13 months um, because I was just so blown away with what was happening and just couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, so that was very chaotic. And at one point I, I recognized like, you know, I want to get out of this. Um, I mean, of course I had wanted to this entire time, but I realized that I had an opportunity at one point. Um, I'd been kind of financially bound to being a roommate for a little while and things like that, but a new semester had started and I realized, okay, I'm a residential advisor on campus. I have like, you know, that sort of community support and various other things. Mm -hmm. So I, um, so I reported her actually to the college, which was terrifying yeah, <laughs> for anyone wow. near who's gone through, I don't know, a legal case or a college case or anything like that. It's like, ooh, it's intense. Um, I don't even think this was intense as like a court case. Mm. <laughs> uh, so anyways, it was a very, very intense process. And, um, but throughout that, I really learned a lot about um, self-advocacy and a lot about um, okay. showing up for myself because unfortunately, and this happens to so many of us survivors, um, when I was going forward with this, I lost pretty much all of my friends um, because they just all sided with my abuser. And it was strange too because you know it wasn't even just siding with the abuser it was like oh yeah she abused you and they confirmed that in the case but then they were like mm -hmm. then they were like but also we're not gonna be friends with you and i was like okay yeah. wow so, right yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. so pretty intense cool. stuff um and i still you know i still had a support community like I, I was a residential advisor like i said so there were you know my peers that i worked with who were great and um my supervisor at the time an amazing woman named brielle um she was just like wonderful um throughout all of this and um, and we also just, we would have like these heart to heart, like really authentic, empathetic conversations. Um, cause we would meet once every other week. It's just like a part of the job. And, um, she used to call me her guru and stuff. And even though I was going through this, like I was just always a healer. Oh, <laughs> was nice. just always yeah. It's just in yeah. you. Yeah. yeah to do that. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, um, so yeah, so that was a big part of it too. And, um, but during this process, you know, I learned to not only stand up for myself and to like speak my truth, but also to recognize that um, I could show up for myself and that I was able to to be there in the midst of my loneliness and my grief and my betrayals and mm -hmm. my fears and all of these really terrifying things. Um, as I was still figuring out who I was, um, this is, I know we talked about this briefly before we started recording, but this is when I figured out that I was agender, so like a non-binary mm -hmm. person, um, and really realized like, you know, who I was as a person um, and also like 
yeah, just the fact that I could show up for myself. And I think that that was kind of the critical thing. Um, and that's what I've really worked hard to tell, uh, to teach other people is, um, I was just, yeah, I was just talking to someone else the other day. And one of the most painful and empowering things that we can do for ourselves is recognizing that we are the only person who can show up for our pain and our struggle. Um, and when we really feel, you know, mm -hmm. what we're feeling, it's going to feel lonely because we will recognize right. that we are the only person, even if we have a fantastic support community, they can't feel our feelings. They can't even be there. And even with my dissociative identity disorder, my alters, the other identities can't be there with my own feelings. So there's this loneliness that comes with that and realizing that there's yeah. in that, um, that there's empowerment in that, that there's freedom in that was a really important thing. And I think that I was kind of thrown into the fire with it. I was just sort of tossed mm -hmm. in and kind of mm -hmm. survive, had to feel those things. And I realized that I could, and I had that. Yeah. And, um, and then through that, I know I just awaken this authenticity and this empathy and this compassion and um, self-talk and all these skills that helped me develop the path that I now do. Um, and it was messier back then, way messier. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all a little messy, Arian. You know, that's how it goes. It is not a straight line. The journey is very wiggly, you know. What, what's so resonating with me from what you shared in your story is that, you know, we have these moments that um, are painful, right? When we do end up, you know, we're isolated or we lose out on something, we lose connection, we're ostracized, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, these moments can be a breaking point, but also a making point, yeah. right? And, and that's really what I'm hearing in your story, that that became a season in your life where you really um, kind of pulled up to the table and said, okay, like, what am I going to do from this point forward? And, and I also hear in your story that that space in which you began to really claim self, right? Mm -hmm. The identity of a gender, the maybe coming into more understanding of the idea and what that was all going to be about for you and how to work with that self-resourcing and tools and um, bit by bat, bit that really kind of adding up to shifting things for you. Do you remember any particular moments where you really um, got that? Like where you were really not, like, holy shit, like it's different now. Like I've changed. My life has changed. I'm accessing joy on a more regular basis. Yeah, I think, um, I think that that was a little ways after I left college, um, you know, because I think that that was still so much survival mechanism. I think if anything, it started to come, um, well, there were fleeting actually, there were actually fleeting moments of it. Um, like just like, you know, I'd be walking down the street and I would just sort of feel like, wow, I feel this freedom. I feel this contentment just for this one second. Like, you know, maybe oh, my yeah. was sore from chronic pain and things like that, but I just sort of felt like, wow, I've had this freedom that I've never had before. And I think um, the moments that I started to recognize that or just the little accomplishments I was making of like, wow, I'm building a business or like, wow, I'm, you know, doing something to help others or wow, like I have the capacity within me to smile to someone on the street, even though I've gone through horrific things. Um, so just that sort of recognition, noticing these little moments of compassion within me, this, these little moments of who I was as a person, um, I was able to just notice these little fleeting elements of joy throughout my life um, nice. and it's snatching them grab it yeah, right? get it and they were rare then like, right yeah, yeah. It kind of tied you over between yeah. the moments of darkness yeah. or hard or difficult yeah. times yeah. yeah they gave me enough hope to actually start looking for that joy and I think that that mm. was key. um because I think that you know all of us survivors like I I really believe that we've all had moments where we've seen a glimpse of something better yeah um, you know, maybe it's not huge, maybe we almost overlook it. Um, but I think that if we take a little bit of conscious 
effort, you know, to really say like, okay, I'm going to look for a glimpse of what I want in mm-hmm. my a glimpse of what I have already, you know, that's where gratitude work can come in um, yes. without, yeah, without invalidating the hardship, but recognizing, Hey, wait, there are things that I can be grateful for now that I couldn't have in the past. Um, yes. So true. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly so much so that it's the very first lesson of the beyond surviving program <laughs> that, you know, believing that hope is possible and developing our capacity to see that, yes, there are all these things that are shitty and hard and difficult and I want, I want to change and I don't feel good about. And in any given day, we have those little moments of what I call, I call those highlights, right? Little moments of joy, even if it's something as simple as I brushed my teeth, you know, sometimes that's all we've got. Mm-hmm. I stood in the sunshine. I had a great cup of coffee. But mm-hmm. as we absolutely turn our attention to noticing and not just missing those moments, right, but intentionally looking for, and we see that it does, it creates this little bit of a balancing that gives us a pathway towards yeah. stepping into healing more, so. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah and I think that that's what really um, inspired me to actually go after joy, is mm. I've had these fleeting moments from all of the self-work that I've been doing, and just the surviving, and the getting free, and all of those sort of things, um, it gave me that little glimpse, and that was enough for me to be like, you know what, I want more of this. I want more well you are not alone I'm sure all of our listeners are like how tell me how tell me how tell me how (laughs) (laughs) yes so we're going to take a little break and then when we come back I'd love for you to break down the six steps for reclaiming joy for us okay do you struggle with feelings of unworthiness is your inner mind chatter that of limitation and self-criticism do you often feel silenced disconnected from your feelings ladies do you sometimes struggle with feeling like you're not enough not ready enough not strong enough not smart enough not qualified enough maybe you're thinking you should just be able to get over it but for some reason it's just not that easy in fact there seems to be an all-out war on women in our society from patriarchal institutions societal discrimination and even toxic relationships we've yet to meet a woman who didn't experience the disempowerment of her person in some shape or form. And sometimes this disempowerment is so strong that she even begins to internalize the criticisms, which negatively impacts her confidence level, ability to pursue her dreams, her access to joy, and even her relationship with self and others. That's why this February, I'm teaming up with Ashley Easter, who is an amazing coach and intuitive guide. And we, as women who have personally experienced the shit that all women face, from abusive relationships and sexism to being underestimated and unfairly overlooked for leadership opportunities, are going to come together for the Emerge Unleash Your Empowered Self Retreat. This three-day experience is all about bringing women together to help you understand the brain-body response system and how activation interferes with your capacity to connect and be present with yourself and others. We're also going to help you learn how to unlock your inner guidance system for your intuition so you can follow your path to freedom and success. We're going to work to develop a deep capacity to feel our feelings so we're not constantly flooded and overwhelmed, and ultimately help you reclaim your empowered self so you emerge with a clear vision of the good enough, strong enough, wise enough, beautiful enough, phenomenal woman that you are. 
And that's not all. We're going to be in a beautiful luxury space. We're going to have beach time, sisterhood happy hours, subversive arts and crafts, a sound healing, guided meditations, and so much more. So I please invite you to come visit us at theemergeretreat.com and see if this experience is the next best step for you in 2020 to unleash your empowered self. We're calling in 15 aligned women and six of those spots are already taken. So please be sure to go over today to theemergeretreat.com and sign up and I'll see you in person in Monterey, California, February 21st through 23rd. Now back to our show. All right, awesome. So let's get into this. I am so excited excited for you to really break it down for us. What have you discovered is the pathway to reclaiming joy? Yeah, so um, so it's six stages, like you said. And um, one of the things that I kind of want to preface this whole conversation with is that these six stages, I do label them, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three, and so on. Um, but it's not to say that you're like early on in your healing or that you haven't done work or anything. Mm. You're like, okay, stage one is where I need to focus. Because um, first of all, this is intended for people who have that stability. You know, we're like, okay, yeah, I've chosen to stick through it. Like I'm surviving, you know, but not, yeah. to, that, not to that joy yet. So first of all, you've already done all that hard work. Okay. Um, so I want to kind of just preface that. And then the other really key thing is, um, is that the reason that I labeled these sequentially is because they build off of each other because mm. you need kind of the skills in the previous one to really implement and move into and really adapt to the skills of the next stage. Got so, it. um, so that's right. kind of a real key with this. And I just wanted to preface this before I jump right into it. Yeah. In like, oh, stage one sounds like me. And then they feel bad. I don't want that to happen. So, cool. yeah. Um, so the stages really briefly, um, or as briefly as I can do it. So the first one is acceptance. Um, and acceptance in summary is really about, okay, I can't change the reality of what happened. Um, it's not right. forgiveness. It's not like letting go in that way that we see on Pinterest all the time and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a, what is that TV show? The ice queen will let it go, let it go anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, frozen. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's really kind of, uh, just coming to this acceptance of, okay, I can't change this reality and mm-hmm. understanding what you can and can't control essentially, yes. so it's like, you know, because that's such an important distinction because if we don't have that acceptance, we're, we're resisting the reality and we're trying to change something that will literally never change and we're exhausting ourselves. Right. And that so automatically, true. yeah, is going to limit our joy. Like, because we just won't be able to make conscious choices towards what we actually need and what we want um, because we're already spending so much energy just fighting things that that can't change. Mm-hmm. Um, so really understanding that. Um, so it's a lot of like radical acceptance work. Um, there's also right. a lot of learning how to talk and converse with your emotions um, and things like that. And really saying, okay, you know, anger, instead of saying, okay, why are you here? I hate you. Like go away. Like, I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like anger, why are you present? What are you trying to show me? Um, or like, you know, grief why are you, or this confusing emotion that I can't make out. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Um, and learning that sort of skill and learning to kind of accept the present moment as well. Um, and accept the fact that, you know, we have external experiences that happen to us um, that we can't change or control. And that sometimes includes emotions, that includes PTSD symptoms, things that happen technically internally, but are happening to us. Um, So I really help people understand that distinction in the stage, which is the most important thing, because as soon as you can do that distinction, then you can say, wait, I can't control that. So I need to stop focusing on that. Yes. Um, (laughs) Say that again, Arian. (laughs) That's why it's the first. It's like, I'm like, this is so important. And I did not do this out at first. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's another thing too. Is like I I tried I did some of these later stages. Like I was like I'm gonna go solve things and I'm gonna go like figure out my problems <laughs> and all that before I did acceptance. And then I was like oh wait and then I jumped back to this and I was like that needs to happen first. So that's yeah. why I have it as the first stage. Awesome, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thank all you. Right. Next yeah. one, stage all number right. two. Sounds good. Um, so stage two is empowerment. Um, so now that you know what um, the difference between what you can and can't control, you can actually start to make choices about the things that you can control. So yeah. it's learning, you know, it's basically just recognizing that choice is now safe um, because I think that us survivors often struggle with making choices, especially choices for our own good. Um, often because, you know, a lot of the people who are the most influential in our life, our abusers, um, made choices for their own good that hurt yeah. us. So we're afraid that when we make choices for our own good, we're going to be doing the same. And it's kind of unlearning that belief, unlearning that pattern, recognizing that choice is safe and recognizing that you're already empowered in making choices every day. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of exercises, like just noticing the little decisions you make every day, mm-hmm. um, looking for opportunities and recognizing, oh, wait, I can make a choice about this. And then deciding, okay, yeah, I can make a choice. And this isn't about making perfect choices yet. Like this isn't, you know, we figure out your dreams and all of your core values and everything later on. This is just about recognizing, wow, I have that power. Um, and then have the capacity to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Capacity to choose. Yeah. That's perfect. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, yep. And then that's also boundaries and a couple other important things that have to do with the right. choice, so protecting yourself, standing up for yourself, things like that. Okay. So, yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, something you said there just real quick before we go on to the next stage is, you know, really understanding like the, the opportunity that we have in the space of choosing. Absolutely. Choice is stripped away in the space of trauma. And so many survivors of trauma continue to live in that mindset of, I don't have any choice. I don't have any say. And so you end up disconnected from yourself. You end up disconnected from your power inability to set boundaries. So I really love that 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 element is such a, a beautiful tenant and early on to really help people connect into that. Yeah. What comes yeah. next? Awesome. Um, I did want to actually jump in one other thing in the Oh, yeah, please. Real quick is because um, I totally forgot to mention it a second ago. Um, one other thing is reclaiming your identity as well. So starting to figure out who am yeah. I, you know, um, because we change through abuse and trauma. And um, and it's kind of recognizing that we get to recreate ourselves. We get to rebuild. Um, so that's also part of that. But yeah. the third stage, yeah. So the third stage is um, designing your dream life. So this isn't actually creating it right now. This is just getting clear on it. Um, All right, cool. The skills now. You understand what you can and can't control, and you understand you can make choices. So, like, why not start figuring out your dreams, right? So, um, so that's the really key thing here. But there's a whole stage just figuring out. So this isn't literally it's no action um, besides just brainstorming this. Um, and the reason for that is because there's so much clarity that's needed in order for us to actually get joy. Um, so, you know, we kind of need to realize, like, where am I at now? Like, what isn't working for me? What isn't mm-hmm. joyous? And mm-hmm. What would make this joyous? And we kind of go- break down, like, the different facets of life, like relationships, physical health, mental health, things like that. And kind of brainstorm, you know, like, what really would matter to you? What would really be your absolute ideal? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just letting those dreams kind of come out. Because, like, you don't need to focus on solving it, on creating it, on the obstacles, or anything like that in this stage. It's just purely dreaming. So it's a really fun, creative stage. It can be a little intimidating, mm-hmm. too, because that's yeah. <laughs> how it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, it can be tricky when, you know, you first of all been so disconnected from self and not knowing what you really want and what you really need and and what you care about or what you're passionate about. And then people so quickly want to get into the, but how would I get that? And what about this? And that's going to be in my way and all that. So I love that you create this landscape and this spaciousness. Well, let's just name, let's just dream, let's just call in some stuff without worrying about any of the how or the who or the what's it's that's going to get get us there at first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another reason why I really break these down to stages is because I don't mm-hmm. want people to start solving this or thinking, well, how am I going to get that? Like, you'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just yeah. Um, and yeah, and this also has to do with like core values and things like that. So it's also fitting okay. that identity process and really figuring out like, not only, you know, what would bring me joy in my life, um, but also what would, you know, what aligns me to my truest like heart desires um, and figuring out, you know, how core values work and how to make decisions in line with those. So it adds on to that as well. Love that. Beautiful. And now we've created this beautiful vision and idea. Where do we go from there? Yeah. So now it's into the somewhat intimidating understanding your obstacles. Ah, all right. <laughs> all the shit that gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this is, yeah, so this is um, a very liberating, very important, but also can be kind of intense stage because you're literally going to start listing the obstacles in your way. And, um, you know, when I actually like teach this program to people, um, which I'll be launching, I think a little bit after this podcast um, goes live, but, um, but when I actually teach this, you know, I don't say you need to come up with every obstacle and you write all at once. It's just that, you know, you need to understand the stage and pick like one major aspect. Of your mm, life. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you always want to do, you know, four, five, and six sequentially. So, Stage four, though, is really understanding um, what the obstacles are. So we do a little bit in terms of identifying the difference between internal and external obstacles. So external, you know, like they can be obvious things like a partner that's fighting with you or um, you lost your job or things like that. Um, But it can also be like a PTSD symptom, an emotion that's really out of control, like things that are happening to you. And then there's internal obstacles like limiting beliefs and self-sabotage cycles, um, which are, you know, things that we kind of perpetuate within ourselves and just may not be aware of yet. Right. So... Um, I think a lot of times we tend to jump into solving obstacles before we fully understand them. You know, we're like, oh, wait, like I have this relationship complex, so I just need to apologize. And maybe you actually need to set a boundary or maybe you actually needed to apologize, but in a specific yes, way. Yes, right. And, yeah. And that's what this stage helps you understand is it just gets you really intimately aware of what that problem and obstacle is. So that way, when you move into the fifth stage, which is the solution, um, you can really start to uh, do the right things, like really figure out, okay, this is actually going to work because I fully understand what this obstacle is. Makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. So you've dealt with the fears and the, you know, all of that, you know, the junk that's sitting there either internally or externally naming it, noticing it, you know, in some ways it's in that space of acknowledgement that we create opportunity to move oh, yeah. forward and to move around it. Cause when we're trying to pretend it's not there or not seeing it, there isn't really much vitality or energy. And so then once that, that has happened, what can people then step into next? Yeah, so then it's the fun one, um, solution brainstorming. So okay. you know, this is where you start to be like, oh, okay, okay, I can actually solve this sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, in basics, it's some really simple brainstorming solution exercises, um, which is like, you know, stuff that is very popular in personal development, but isn't always framed towards survivors of abuse. Um, because one of the things I think that's a real nuance in this stage is that sometimes we're going to have things happen in our life, um, whether it's a result from something in our past or something, you know, in our present that happens um, that may fundamentally alter the path towards our dreams, towards our, our joy. Right. And, um, you know, or you may have an obstacle and be like, oh, this solution will work. But then we like 
you know, are unable to actually take action on that as we move between stages five, which is solution, and six, which is action. Um, so it's also understanding too, you know, how do we recreate um, solutions that are based on our core values, even when external obstacles affect them. So, you know, I always give the example of like, maybe someone wanted to be a professional athlete and they end up, um, you know, paralyzed from the waist down or something. So like, you know, obviously that's going to fundamentally change the right. goals that they have. And yeah. that's a new problem that, you know, they might be like, wow, that was a huge part of my joy, but how can they kind of regain that? And that's through understanding that some solutions are better um, framed around core values. So maybe it was success and it was athleticism that they liked, which are two things they can definitely still get, even while living in a wheelchair, you know, and that mm. sort of, um, you. you know, there's a lot yeah. of, um, a lot of things like that, where it's like, you know, what are the values that were behind this dream and how can you reframe it? And there might mm. be some and that's where the acceptance that you already learned comes in and the empowerment. Right. Like you have to go right back to that in the face yeah. of this choice now being limited or not an option. What are the choices that I have available? Yeah. I want to speak to that just a little bit because I think this is actually up a lot right now for, for a couple of my clients. And, and I think just generally in the journey of healing that um, our life in some ways will get derailed. Mm -hmm. um, one way we can see this is by way of one of the impacts of trauma, things like chronic illness, right? And mm -hmm. you think, okay, you know, this is how my life is going to work and I'm going to have these sorts of things. And then it stops being that. And, oh, yeah. the, and that work is really deep and really intense, you know, to the capacity to release the idea of how you wanted it to look and how you wanted it to be. Um, so I love that you're, you're helping people understand that a way of accessing that is to connect into the why you wanted those things. Yeah. What were the values that you wanted to express or you wanted to access or who did you want to be in that space? And then to begin allowing yourself to imagine and, and access all of the all of the other ways that you could express those same exact values um, in, oh, yes, a way not originally imagined that you're going to have to grieve and, and deal mm -hmm. with, but that there are other opportunities yeah. for, for that. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And that's something that I've, you know, so intimately faced in my own life. Um, I have several chronic illnesses and I've gotten okay. diagnosed staggered throughout the past couple of years. And, you know, it's been like, oh, okay, I figured out how I'm going to do things. And it's like, wait, no, never mind. New oh, home. man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, constant so, disruptions. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Reconfiguring. Yeah, it's like finding those new normals, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And so then you mentioned that the 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 next step is the action piece. Once yeah. we've found some solutions, it's the implementation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tell me a little. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So really, so once you figure out, you know, okay, I have these solutions in mind and you, um, you know, identify which one is the most in line with your values, doesn't go against your values and stuff, because that's another part of the fifth stage is really understanding, um, you know, that you can get advice from other people, but then compare it against your core values in a certain exercise. And then you can figure out, okay, this is, this is the right solution for me. So once you know those and you have that and maybe a backup or two, um, then what you do is you start to take action. Um, and this is the lifelong stage. You know, this is where, um, mm. where we continue to do this because basically, you know, um, maybe you went through and you mapped out all the obstacles in your way, or maybe you have a couple and you're going to revisit that. But it's basically that process of, okay, I know what I need to do now. I literally know the steps I need to take to get closer and closer to joy. Now I just need to do them. Um, but it also includes things that are really important, like, um, like what happens if we, you know, fall out of a, out of a like good habit, you know, and back into an old oh, habit. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 
um, and like, um, or, or we like step away from a dream or we misalign with a core value or something like that. And how do we kind of bring ourselves back to that place of, you know, empowered, joyous mm. action? And, you know, I think a lot of that, um, which I think is a really important thing to share is that often we ask too much of ourselves, you know, often Ooh, we're, we're yes. Saying, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're so often like, oh, okay, like I'm going to start this habit and that habit and that habit. And we literally just jump in too fast and change is scary for our brain, especially when change was so unpredictable in our past. Um, but like literally every human, you know, PTSD or not, like fears change naturally because it's like unsettling for our brain. It's like biological that we fear change. Right. Um, yeah. So, so one of the really important things is to make the change gentle enough that we can stick mm. with it. So to be really oh, forgiving God. and saying, oh, I didn't fail here. I just asked too much of myself. Right. You know, it's like, I need to reframe what I'm asking of myself and how I build this habit. Not that I failed, not that I did something wrong. This is just, oops, I asked a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Arian? I can't like run a mile if I haven't been yeah. doing running at all. I should just cough right. off the couch and go do it, right? Right, yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's not a failure. You know, if someone is That's like, hey, I can't run this mile. Yeah, and then, mm -hmm. and then it's like, oh, wait, no, I just made a mistake of asking too much. Yeah. I actually can just make it to the end of the block. Let me do that. <laughs> yeah. I love that piece about compassion though. That's really critical. When we're, when we're striving towards something, um, towards a dream, towards accessing more joy, um, boy, you know, us survivors, we're so good at beating ourselves up, you know, mm -hmm. quick on a dime. We'll just turn to that place of um, shame and blame and what's wrong with me and see, I can't do anything right. So really thinking about how to bring in that compassion and that reassessment piece yeah. um, is really beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So that's essentially the path. That's so. the path. I love that so very much. Now I would be remiss as we're, we begin to wrap up our time together today um, to not ask, what is your personal definition of joy? Yeah, so I think that is a really good question. Um, <laughs> so joy is definitely different than happiness. Um, and that's a very big thing. Happiness is an emotion. It's great. It's lovely. You know, it's super fun. <laughs> we always want it. It's normal. Um, but, uh, but joy is something different. Joy, how I define it, um, is really kind of the sense of overall contentment with life. It's the sense of like, I really am happy to have or honored to have the life that I have. I think honored is probably better than happy, um, but really like honored to be living this life. And I feel generally good in it. That doesn't mean that there isn't grief or that there isn't loss or that there isn't fear and things like that. Like there's still uncomfortable stuff that can happen. That's an emotion that happens. Like we can't change that. But it's this overall sense of I'm still in line with myself. I feel authentic. I feel compassionate towards myself. Um, I feel like I have a place in the world. So it's really this overall sense of like I belong and I'm here for myself. I think that it's those kind of, those feelings that just persist through anything that's really joy. Um, and then of course, there's also like more happiness and things like that, that like <laughs> are part of the kind of external side of joy of like, okay, yeah, maybe getting rid of some financial stress or like leaving sure. someone who's a toxic friend or things like that. And those are going to be parts that will increase that inner feeling, increase that sense of like well-being. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really has to do mostly with that like contentment and that peace. Um, that's why I often say like, if you look at my website, you know, anyone who visits, they'll notice um, joy, peace and prosperity. And I say those all together um, because, you know, prosperity is a lot of that kind of external stuff a little bit more. Um, yeah. Joy is that sort of like overall contentment and really like sense of belonging and peace is that kind of like, okay, I feel safe, you know, mm. no mm. matter what happens, I feel safe. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that you create um, space for joy to exist alongside 
things that are difficult in our lives. Mm -hmm. That it's not, oh, everything's peachy king and now there's joy. It's that we develop a capacity to access contentment, peacefulness, yeah. groundedness, whatever that might be, even in the face of whatever might be happening in our yeah. life at the present moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Man, I could talk to you for another three hours. It is so nice to, to have had yeah. you here today and to have had this mm -hmm. conversation. Um, let's talk a little bit about how people can get connected with you. We mentioned your website earlier, uncovering, oh no, uncoveryourjoy.com. Um, where else would you like people to come visit and connect with you? Yeah, so um, so I think the two probably best areas would be, well, like you said, my website, but that's that's the other. The other one would be um, my Facebook group. Um, I know you have a Facebook group as well, which is wonderful. I've been in it for a long time, um, and <laughs> so anyone can say hi to me there, but <laughs> uh, but uh, I have a Facebook group as well. It's just um, facebook.com, I think it's slash groups, slash, um, and then it's just joy after abuse. Um, you okay. can also look up the name of the group is um, Uncover Your Joy Prospering After Abuse. So you can look up either of those things um, or you can find me on Facebook and I should have a link on my page that you can find. So um, I'm sure you'll link to it probably. Yes, I will. In the show notes, I'll link to your website, to the Facebook group. And you mentioned that you're going to be launching this new program, the Prosperity Path program. Um, tell people a little bit more about that and how they can um, find out more and get connected into that. Yeah, so I'm really hoping to launch that by the end of January. It should be like a week or two after this podcast goes live. Um, and um, so yeah, so I'm really, uh, that's what I'm aiming for. But you know, winter, life, chronic illness. It all happens. So, um, so, uh, and you're going to stay joyful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so at the latest, that's going to be launched in February. So no matter what, you can find um, more information just about the program if you go to uncoveryourjoy.com slash prosper. Um, or you can take a quiz that will help you identify which stage you really want to focus on, um, which mm. is com slash quiz. Okay. Um, so you can do that as well. And I'm sure you'll have the links for both of those. But I that will. Is up already. So that's something that you can do. You'll get oh, good. advice. Um, you'll get more information about the stage. Um, and you'll also get access to another quiz that'll help you identify what the biggest block for you in that particular stage that you're in is. So it's really okay. fun to create that. Um, that I love that. Of really reaching out to people. I'm going to so. go take it. I want to find yeah. out. Where am I? I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, check that out. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, I know you. You're way in the action. <laughs> you always yeah. know you. There's always little places you can tweak, though. Oh, yeah. So I well, love that so very much. Well, it has been a true joy to be here with you today and to have this conversation. Thank you for your authenticity, your vulnerability, and for all of the deep work that you've done in order to shift into this space where you get to walk alongside people and help them find their joy too. So everybody listening, please pop over, um, you know, follow Arian, um, send him some love and gratitude for everything that he shared so generously today. And um, thank you all, of course, for tuning in to the podcast. Don't forget to go over to rachelgrantcoaching.com as well and check out the resources there. Um, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Leave us um, a like and let us know um, what stayed with you from today's conversation. And then come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.